I want you to turn to the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 28. And while you turn your Bible to Luke chapter 1 verse 28, I want to congratulate all the people that got baptized yesterday. We had nine people take the plunge and make the decision to follow Jesus Christ all their days of their life. So that's always a reason to celebrate. Amen. So I'm believing God and I'm already praying for them so that they could reach their full potential in Jesus Christ. So we're happy about that. A lot of people were saying that it was going to, it was going to be stormy and it was going to be rainy, but we had an amazing time at the beach. It was great. Good food, good company, played a little bit of volleyball. So had a good time. Luke chapter one, verse 28. If you're there, say I'm there. All right. It says Gabriel, which is one of God's main angels, appeared to her, her being Mary, the mother of Jesus. And he said, greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you and confused and disturbed. Wouldn't you be confused and disturbed that an angel came up to you and, and told, told you that type of message? Of course you would. Mary was confused and disturbed. Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. And in verse 30, he said, don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. For you have found favor with God. I titled today's message, Favor Finders. How can I find God's favor? How can I be like Mary and find God's favor? So that's what we're going to talk about today. But before that, close your eyes. I want to pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that today every single word, every comma, every period that comes out of my mouth will not be my human words, but your words from heaven directly to the hearts of every single person here. And even the ones that will be seeing this and watching on YouTube or watching us virtually right now live. God, I pray that this would transform their lives, would Make them shift in the way they seek you, God. And God, we all want to be favor finders. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen, amen. All right, so today we're going to be talking about what is God's favor and how can I find it? What is God's favor and how can I find it? And before we do that, we're going to make a public declaration. I believe in this. I believe that you can speak things into existence. So I want you to raise your right hand with me and say this, God... I want to be a highly favored person and blessed among many. How many receive that and believe it? Amen. So check this out. Mary was a single woman. I don't know how old she was. The Bible doesn't tell me. She was single, but she was, um, she was engaged to Joseph. They were soon going to be the parents of Jesus. Mary doesn't know this. She just has a boyfriend. They're planning their wedding. Uh, back then, people used to get married very young. So maybe Mary was 15 years old, 16, maybe 18, 20. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say it. But she is young, like some of you guys are here. And she gets this visit from an angel, not just any angel. This is Gabriel. You see, God has a bunch of angels, but he has two messenger angels. He has uh, Miguel and he has... Has, he has Gabriel, and these angels are, are sent when there's a specific message that God wants to give to the angels. And, and he sends Gabriel, and Gabriel tells her that you are a highly favored woman, and she's confused. She doesn't know what's going on. What, what does this mean, highly favored? She's trying to reason it all. She's freaked out also because, I mean, angels are big, you know, they're intimidating, and, and they're not like people, you know, they're different. So she's trying to process it all. And then the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor in the eyes of God. So I want to start by this. What is God's favor? 
What is God's favor? And God's favor is tangible evidence of God's approval. It's evidence that you could touch or that you could see physical, tangible evidence that God has approved you. How many of you guys want to live a life where you always and constantly have tangible evidence that not just you can see, but other people can see that God has approved you? Isn't that amazing? Another, another definition for favor is it's preferential treatment. Everybody say VIP treatment. Uh -huh, I know you all like that. Preferential treatment where you have obtained an elite status that you do not deserve. So it's something that, man, it's not something that God gave you because you worked for it. It's something that's undeserved. Favor is undeserved. Preferential treatment by God towards you that you did not deserve. God's favor is when, for example, in the market that we're living right now, 15 people are putting offers to buy a house and they take your offer, huh? How about that, right? That's preference. That's God's favor where, you know, they overlook everything and God just supernaturally just tied that house to you. And no matter what other people do, no matter if they offer a, more than you or if they put in a cash offer and you're FHA, it doesn't matter because you have God's favor. That's favor of God. The favor of God is when you should be deported because you're not even from this country and immigration gets you and locks you up like we've had some cases in the church and you're going to be deported but all of a sudden they let you free and they actually stamp your papers and tell you welcome to the United States of America. Right? That, that's godly favor. Favor is when God opens doors for you, connects you with key people, takes you from the back and puts you in the front, removes you from obscurity and puts you in places and places you in the limelight. That's favor of God. So favor is preferential treatment without deserving it. So Mary, she's here, she's a young girl, she has the whole illusion that involves, you know, getting married and preparing a wedding. Some of you guys know what that is, some of you guys are experiencing that right now. So I want you to understand what it means to be highly favored. You see, if, if you were to win the lottery, you would be favored. Because it was just one person that won the lottery out of... I don't know how many millions participated in it. If you were to win the lottery twice, you'd be favored. But if you were to win the lottery three times, that's an elite status. That's highly favored, all right? And we're going to see today that there's different levels. I'm not telling you to go play the lottery. That's not what I'm getting at. Some people sometimes get it twisted. I'm just trying to give an example. But what I'm trying to tell you is that there's different levels of favor, Different levels of favor of God. The Bible says in Genesis 6, 8, but Noah found favor with the Lord. It's saying that he found. And how, when you find something, it's because you were looking for it. Am I right? You can't find something unless you're looking for it. It tells me that Noah found favor. So he must have been looking. At, and, and when I started researching this topic and, and saying, God, well, how can I find favor? How can I, you know, what, what do I have to do to find favor? The Holy Spirit spoke to me and led me to a verse that I want to share with you because it's not what you think. If you go with me to Proverbs 8.35, it says, For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. So this is what the Holy Spirit told me, and, and it's clear there. I don't have to look for favor, 
Because it's saying that Noah found favor before God. And the first thing you say, well, if he found it, it was because he was looking for it. But that's not the way it works. How do I find favor in my life? I find favor by finding Jesus, by finding God. I thought some of you guys were going to get excited about that. Nobody? Still? All right. Okay. Whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. You see, that's why some people are trying to find God's favor, are trying to look for God's, they're following after God's blessings, but you forget about the blessed or, and that's not how it works. The Bible says that whoever finds God, whoever finds Jesus, I find life. How many of you guys want life? Come on. Doesn't it boil down to that? Just being able to live and enjoy life. But it's not just life that we receive. We receive favor from the Lord. So it's about finding God. My pursuit needs to be not of things, not of uh, possessions, not of favor, but I need to pursue God. How many say amen to that? It's a bit confusing at first, but you don't find favor by looking for favor. You find favor when you look to Jesus. Now, if you have God's favor... It does not mean that you're not going to go through difficult situations. The fact that the favor of God is upon you or that Noah, you have found the favor of God, it doesn't exempt you from going through difficult situations. You know, sometimes we think that because everything is going right, well, the favor of God is over my life. And then the minute our faith gets tested or something goes wrong in our life or we get a bad report from the doctor or, or something happens that wasn't planned or wasn't expected, that all of a sudden the, the favor of God left us. But it doesn't work that way. The Bible says that there was a guy called Job and he had... From one day to another, in a matter of minutes, he lost everything. This guy was like the wealthiest guy. He was, he was a just man. The Bible even goes as far as to call him perfect, okay? This guy was amazing. He loved God. He even would give offerings for his children in case his children would forgive to give offerings themselves. I mean, who does that, right? Crazy. Uh, but this guy was a man that feared God. But just so that you know, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And, and from one day to the other, he lost his children. This hurricane came. His house fell down. His children were getting together. I guess it was somebody's birthday or something. And, and the house fell on them. He lost all his children. He, somebody came and stole away all his cattle. Then he lost everything from one day to another. And he received messenger after messenger. Before the first messenger was done talking and telling him everything that he lost over there. The other messenger was coming from another location and telling him, look, you, got, you lost this. And then he got a FaceTime and, and this guy was telling him, you lost this and, and all of that. And he's trying to process it. And the people that study the Bible say that this whole trial of Job, it wasn't a week. It lasted six months to two years. That's how long people say that this guy's trial lasted. So I want you to see... In the middle of the storm, in the middle of Job's trial, I want you to see some of the things that he says. Erroneously, obviously. Job 29.4, he says, As I was in the days of my youth, when the secret of God, another version says, when the favor of God was upon my tent or my tabernacle or my home. So the way he's expressing himself is like, look, I remember when I was young. Before all this craziness happened in my life, 
when the favor of God was upon my house, oh my gosh, I remember that I had provision. I remember that I had this. My relationships were good. My health was good. All this was, everything was good. God was with me. And now all that's disappeared. And what he's insinuating was that the favor of God was present for one time, but then disappeared through the end. Now, is, is this biblical? Is, he's talking about the favor of God in the past tense. And I get him because sometimes we feel the same way. I don't know if it's happened to you, but I've felt that sometimes when things are going right, well, I'm highly favored. The favor of God helped me get my house. He opened doors. But then I could be struggling months later, and then I could, well, well, well where'd it go? What happened to God's favor? I thought you were with me, God. We even verbalize it that way or not. We say, God, where, where are you now in this? But look what the psalmist says in Psalms 35. Look what he says. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Come on, people. Do you get excited about that? How long does God's favor last? So what does that mean? That even in times of difficulty, even while Job was going through his crazy crisis, I think that's the worst that worst crisis that's in the Bible, right? I mean, this guy lost everything and his kids and it was just crazy. But even in those difficult situations, his favor is still watching over your house, watching over your family, watching over your health. Even while you're sick, his favor is watching over you. How many could give God praise for that? There is not a moment in time that God is not watching. He is always there. I guess just Job and just being caught in the moment of the crisis and not seeing things move after a while and seeing a month pass and two months pass and, and sometimes we get desperate and we start with faith and we say, oh, I'm going to get through it. Pastor, I believe, just keep praying for me, but I'm going to get through it. But after six months or after two years, it's like, is this ever going to change? And our faith starts dwindling and we start having thoughts of unbelief and is God's favor really upon me when it is because it lasts a lifetime. I want to tell you that the same favor of God that's in your house is the same favor of God that governs your relationships, that protects your home, the sanctity of your home, the, your marriage. It's the, same, it's the same favor that protects you in your workplace, that protects you in your church. It's the same favor that God grants you so that your life group could expand and reach other people and, and, and convince other people that they're sinners so that you can lead them to Christ. That same favor is used for everything. So I want to ask you, is there evidence God is guiding what you say, what you do, and even where you're going? Because I always like to include these questions so that you could self-analyze yourself because sometimes we say amen yeah amen job <laughs> why didn't you believe in god why did you lose your but wait let's look inside do you feel you are living right now in god's favor do you feel do you feel and do you act like if god's favor is upon your life do you feel his presence and his favor upon you is there evidence that god is guiding what you say the things that come out of your of your mouth? Is there evidence that God is guiding even what you do and the places that he's taking you or that you are going? Because it's one thing to have God's favor, to have his presence and his power. And it's another thing to keep living your own way, hoping that things get better. It's one thing to, to believe and say, God, I may be going through this situation, but your favor is upon my life. I know that your people never end wrong. 
We can be going through something in the middle. We could have storms in our life. But always the end result is going to be amazing. I'm going to finish better than what I started. How many say amen? When this storm is all done, I'm going to be better than even before it even started. And that's what happened to Job. How many of you guys know the story of Job? He ended up with double of everything that he lost, right? Because the favor of God lasts and the favor of God is forever. But it's another thing when you just keep living your own way, not being guided by God. And today what we're going to do is we're going to give you guys some practical ways on how you can grow in God's favor. That's how I want to finish off today. Giving you practical ways, things that you could take home and start applying as early as today so that you can grow in your favor. Because we're going to see now in just a bit that favor has levels, right? We can grow in favor. So can the people around me see God's favor in my life? If I were to ask your best friend, the people you work with, hey, you know Marlene? Do you know Julio? You know Glenia? Can, do you see evidences of the favor of God over their lives? Are they really favored? What would they tell me? What would they be able to tell me? And you see, we reflect God's favor through three different things. And it's easy to remember if you're taking notes, it's the three C's. We show God's favor in our lives or we reflect God's favor in our lives through our character. Through our character. Who are we when nobody sees us? Because we're all little angels inside a church. Amen, hallelujah. But... Who are we when we are in our homes, when we're playing basketball on the courts, when we're in the workplace? Who, who are we? So character, conversations also reveal the favor of God, whether we have it or not. Our conversations, how do you talk? What do you talk about? And, and behavior. It's actually three C's in Spanish. Sorry about that. Lost in translation. <laughs> character, conversation, and behavior. All right, it's a B. CCB. How do you behave when no one sees you? All right? Conduct. Thank you. Conduct. Got it. So it is C's. Character, conversations, and conduct. Thank you, Danny. So go with me to Luke chapter 2, 52. In the New Living Translation, it talks about Jesus growing up. It's one of the only verses that we get about Jesus as he is going and uh, he's translating or going from being, transitioning from being a young man into an adult. And the Bible says... And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature. He grew in wisdom because I believe that, you know, he was, a guy, he was a man who prayed and wanted godly wisdom. I'm sure he read as well the Torah and started reading, you know, the Old Testament. He was knowledgeable. So he was growing in wisdom, but also in stature because he was 12, 13 around this age. And he was also getting taller. He was physically growing. But also it says here, and in favor with God and man. So I want you to pay attention to this. God was also, or Jesus, sorry. Jesus was growing in favor towards God and also in favor towards men. So there's favor towards God and there's also favor towards men. God wants you to have both. God wants you to have favor towards him, right? So that God's favor will come over your life, but also have favor towards people. You need God's favor to be able to, speak the, and preach the gospel to be able to tell people about Jesus. You need the favor of God. Sometimes I've, I've seen people tell me, man, I don't know, I've, I've spoken to this person for 
thousands of years, you know, all the time. And when I see them at work, I tell them about Jesus and they don't want anything to do. And then I've, I've seen cases where one person comes and says, Jesus loves you. And that's it. The person's like bawling. Ah, I need Jesus. How? How? Favor. Favor of God towards men. So Jesus was growing in favor with God and men. So favor, it tells me here that it's something you can grow. Jesus was growing in favor with God and in favor with men. So if something grows, I mean that there's levels of favor. Sometimes we can get stuck in a we can start seeing the favor of God because we start applying the things that we're going to learn now. And we start seeing the favor of God and we say, whoa, I like this. I've never experienced this. And we could get so comfortable in the first level of favor that we say, oh, I like this. I've never experienced it. I could just settle here and be comfortable here. And we don't realize that God has higher levels of favor towards him and also in favor towards men. Sometimes we were just, we settled that we, we were able to, you know, share the gospel and somebody in our, in our workplace accepted Jesus Christ, but we don't want to press forward to have more favor. So instead of winning one, we could win tens or hundreds or grace from God and favor of God to win thousands for the kingdom. Sometimes we limit how far God wants to take us and the favor that he wants to deposit over our lives. If you remember correctly, when angel came and spoke to Mary, he told her, you are highly favored. How many of you guys don't want just a little bit of favor, but want to be highly favored? Come on, make some noise. Highly favored. God, if you, if you want me to be highly favored, I don't want to settle for half of that. I don't want to settle for a quarter of that. If there's 10 steps, I don't want to stay, I don't want to stay in the first step of the ladder. I want to go up all the way. So how do you grow in favor? I think it's the you know, the most reasonable question we should ask. Pastor, how, how can I grow in favor? I want to start today growing in favor. Maybe you haven't even thought about this. Maybe you've never crossed this, or at least maybe you've read it, but never paid attention to it. How can I grow in favor? And what I want to do today is give you four practical ways that if you start applying this, they're biblical ways. I'm going to give you a verse for each one. If you start applying this to your life, you're going to start growing in favor with God and with men. And the first thing I want to share with you is take your prayer life to another level. We just started off saying that he who finds God finds life and receives favor. So if I start finding God, how do I find God? Praying. Praying. And let me give you a verse because maybe when I say prayer, you don't, you don't get you know, the whole, what, what I'm trying to say about praying. Sometimes we think that prayer is just telling God the whole list that we have of things that we need. But look what Romans 8, 26, 27 says. And the Holy Spirit, everybody say the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Okay, we said that last week, the part of God that lives inside of me. God lives inside of me. Problem is that sometimes we contain him. And we don't access all the power that lives inside of us. Sometimes we live fooled into thinking that we are mere mortals and not understanding that we have the power, same power that lifted Jesus Christ out of the grave. Come on, people. We have that living inside of us. So it says, and the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. Is anybody weak today, feeling weak in some area of your life? Holy Spirit's out there to help you. All you have to do is access it. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. 
And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying for the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. So what does that mean? When, when, when we're talking about, look, to reach God's favor, we have to know God. We have to know Him. How, how do I get to know God? Well, praying. But prayer is not just saying, it's not praying mentally. It's not saying, oh, I have a list of things that I have to pray for, and there's nothing wrong with that. I shared with the first service people for the Spanish service that I have my list of things that I pray for. I have, I have the leadership group that we got together on Monday nights, and at the beginning of the year, I asked them to write down all their personal petitions because I wanted to pray for them. I want to pray for them, and I pray for them. I have my list. I pray for them. But sometimes we just, we talk up a storm, and we think praying is just all up here in our head, and God, oh, let me see what else I forgot. Oh, who, who asked me to pray for them? The, uh, I, can't, I can't remember. Uh, oh, yeah, it was this person. Uh, God, help them. They're sick, and, or they're going to go to the doctor. I pray that you're, and, and we start praying, and then uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Bye. And we grab a toast, and we're driving while we're eating breakfast. But that's not true prayer. It says here that the Holy Spirit inside of us wants to connect with our spirit. You see, there comes a point where, man, you stop talking so much and you, stop, you start listening to the voice of God because prayer is not a monologue, it's a dialogue. You, you, God, speak to my life because I need your direction today. What are the things that you want me to do? And sometimes it just takes you just shutting up and asking God, speak to my life, because if you don't breathe life into me, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need direction. Sometimes we give God our list, and God is like, he's being bombarded. He's being bombarded by all, all our requests, and God is like, they're wanting to speak to you, but you're too busy. And you got up and left, and God is like, left with his word in his mouth. And he wasn't able to tell you, look, let's be careful with this guy. Watch out with that relationship. It's not going to work out. It may seem to you that it's really good, but uh, it's going to end up in heartache. Be careful. Hello. But we didn't have time. And sometimes God just wants us to, to know him. The Bible says that he who finds God, finds life. How many of you want life? I want a life. I want quality of life too. And also receives favor. So if finding God means that I have to pray, but not just pray mentally, I'm going to take some time to say, God, speak to me. Teach me how to listen to your voice. I think one of these days I'm going to bring um, a sermon on that in different ways God speaks to us. Because he doesn't, well, very few people have heard God's voice audibly where he's speaking to you like I'm speaking to you now. Very few people. But God speaks to you in many ways through his word, through people, through your leaders, through your life group, through, through a sermon. He, he can preach to you through a movie, Right? God, God spoke to me through the, watching Trolls with my daughter the other day, right? <laughs> so God has different ways of speaking to us. But if you don't take time to say, God, listen, my day is going to be busy, but I took time to connect with you because I can't afford to step out of my house without having your direction, without you being the one that guides me. So step number one, I think that if you want to find favor of God, you first have to find God. And to find God, you need to take your prayer life to another level. Maybe to this day, you've been only praying mentally and, and, and sharing with God, you know, all the problems that you have and, and it's all focused on you. But God's telling you, look, next level. It's time for the next level. 
give God an opportunity to show that he's God in your life, show that he's real. This is not about a religion, people. This is about a relationship. And a relationship doesn't work. You're, you don't grow a relationship when all, the only one that's talking is you. As a matter of fact, if you do that in any relationship, you're going to scare them off. Right? Have you ever been with somebody that all they did is talk and they never listened? Raise your hand, anybody? Right? Are you drawn to have more conversations with that person? Or when you see them, you're like, oh my God, here comes the talker. <laughs> you don't think God sometimes feels the same way? Well, he loves us more than people loves us and he's perfect. But sometimes God just wants you to, hey, let him talk to you. You need it. If you only knew what I have, right? So take your prayer life to another level. Number two, learn to listen to God. Learn to listen to God. Take time to listen. If we don't learn to listen to God, we will never have his favor. Listen, if we don't take time to learn how to listen, how to identify God's voice, we're never going to have his favor. We will be living outside of his will, justifying everything we do, thinking that everything's fine. Look what the psalmist says in Psalm 32, 8 and 9. Psalms 32, 8 and 9 for those that are taking notes. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. How many like that? There's a lot of pathways right now. You can be right now at an intersection, so to speak. And you need direction. And there's many options. And man, my God. I know me, multiple times in my life, I felt that I'm like, which way do I go? Well, look, look what it says here. When I get to know God, he is always willing to guide me along the best pathway for your life. This one's a good path. This one's bad. This one, avoid, avoid at all costs. This one's decent, but this is the best. Not even good, best pathway. And by seeking God, I could always be on the best pathway. How many say amen? He also says, I will advise you and watch over you. Wait, isn't that amazing? That not only does God put us on the right path, on the best pathway, but he advises us. He's always there with words of, to advise you and he's always willing to guide us, to watch over us. You see all that we're missing when we don't take time to listen to God's voice? When we just pray blah, 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 and, and just get up and start our day thinking that you know, we have no time to lose but you're losing a lot by not taking time to listen to his voice. So to know God's way and find his favor, I need to learn to listen to God. Everybody say, I need to learn to listen to God. When you stop to pray, do you talk all the time or do you take time to listen? Think about it. Look inside of you and say, when I, when I pray, what does my prayer life look like? Is it just me just blabbering out all the things that I need and, and every so often I say, oh, I love you, Jesus, or I praise you? <laughs> or do I take time to say, God, speak to me? And remember, God has given us the Holy Spirit to be our internal guide. All right. So number one, let's see if you guys are paying attention. What was number one? Take your prayer life to another level. Number two, learn to listen to God. Here comes number three, and it gets more challenging. Work on your character. And there's a reason why I said work, because sometimes we think that God is the one that's going to work on our character, but we are the ones that need to work on our character. 
The Holy Spirit's there to give us strength to overcome areas of weakness. We have his support, but we are involved in the process. We can't let God do everything. So work on our character. And it takes two things to be a person of character. Listen to me. Number one, it's very simple. Obey God. How do I work on my character? Obey God. As simple as that. And you can't obey God if you don't know what God is telling you to do. So you got to know the word. Read the Bible. Whenever God tells you to do something, you know, a lot of times you're going to be confronted with things that are in the Bible. And when you look at yourself or how you've been taught to deal with certain situations, they're not going to go together. God's going to tell you to do things one way and you're used to doing things another way. Because you were taught all your life by your parents or by experience or by whatever to do things this way. But now God says do it this way. So obey God. God always has the best pathway for your life. He has your best interest in mind. How many say amen? So obey God. And the second thing is die to one's will in favor of God's. So how do I work on my character? Two things. Obey God and die to one's will. Die to my will. I told you it was going to get challenging. First of all, we don't like that word die. I don't like to die. I want to live. Somebody else's will in my life, I want to do my will. I want to do what I want. I have plans, baby. I have dreams. I have a dream, right? And, and that's fine. You can have dreams. You need to have dreams. I'm all for you having a five-year plan, a 20-year plan, a one-year plan, short-term, long-term. But there's going to be times when the Holy Spirit and when God comes and says, away with your plans, I want you to do my plan. And you have to have the, the trust and the faith that God's plan is going to be better than yours. Sometimes he's not going to show you anything like Abraham. Abraham, just uh, get up, get your bags, and leave. Oh, where, God? Oh, to the land that I will show you. Um, okay, uh, mind telling me which is the land to see if it's better than here where I am? You know, I want to compare God. You know, I have, I'm already an old man. I got to make sure that my family is taken care of. He just got up and trusted God. So sometimes we struggle in being able to allow God's will to supersede ours. And we doubt that God's will is better than ours. But in order to work on our character, we need to obey God and die to one's will in favor of God. So Galatians 5.24 says, those who belong to Christ Jesus. Is there anybody in here that belongs to Christ Jesus? All right. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nation, nature sorry, to his cross and crucified them there. So if I belong to Jesus, man, my, my desires, my passions, my, look, I've nailed them to the cross in favor of God's will. I no longer live for me. I live for God. And I do it trusting that that is my best option. I am not going to lose. A lot of people think that crucifying your desires and putting God first is detrimental to your progress. And it's not. It's actually, it actually helps you get there quicker. And there's nothing that you can do in your power to experience all that God can give you when you submit to obedience to him and when you're able to put his will and his purpose instead of yours. How many say amen? How many truly believe that is true? Amen. And last but not least, 
Point number four, be consistent and persevere. Point number four, be consistent and persevere. You wouldn't imagine how many people I've seen throughout the years that I've been in the church do points one, two, and three. But when things got rough, they broke down and they didn't persevere. You wouldn't know how many people were, they saw God and listened to God and God was steering them in the right direction and, and they worked on their character. They, with, you know, they accessed the Holy Spirit to help them live according to the word and live in holiness. But when things got tough, it's like they threw everything. They threw in the towel and they gave up and therefore missed out on everything that God had for them. Listen, I want you to know this, JTP Church, the happiest and most fulfilled people I know are those who have been consistent in attending church and remain connected in community on a weekly basis, going through life groups, doing life together with people that love Jesus just like you. Those are the people that I see most fulfilled and reaching the favor, finding the favor of God. We have families here in JTP that have been in this church for over 20 years. Raise your hand if you've been in JTP over 20 years. Okay, look around. Few had a lot more in the first service. Okay, put them down. How many of you guys have been here, your family, more than 30 years? Look at that. Of course, you, my sister. <laughs> you don't count. <laughs> now, faithful, yes, you, of course you do count. Uh, 30 years. Hey, that talks, Francisco, that talks about faithfulness. Now, now check this out. These people that just raised their hand, they could have been gone years ago when the going got tough or when the church experienced a split. We've, we've gone through diff difficult seasons as a church in the past or when some of their friends left that they used to, you know, have fellowship. They could have left the church as well or when the programs didn't meet their needs during that season. They could have gone up and left, say, oh, but they remained obedient to God's will. And as a result, God has shown favor towards them in multiple areas of their lives, including their marriage, their family members, or uh, their finances, their health. Why? Because faithfulness, being able to attend, being consistent. We talked about perseverance, right? And faithfulness last week. Man, that, that opens the door to God's favor. Hebrews 10.24, this is the last two verses I'm going to share with you. Hebrews 10, 24, verse 25 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together. It's telling us we can neglect meeting together. Can I say something a little bit strong? Can I take it up a, a level? Okay. I don't know what it is because there's now a tendency that, oh man, if I go to church once a month, it's fine. And Man, let me tell you, if, if that would have been back in the days when my dad was uh, the pastor, he would what? what are you talking about? Once a month. But now it seems that that's acceptable. Oh, once a, when it's convenient, when I don't have too much. If I have a job or I have, what happened to keeping the Sabbath? Isn't that a commandment? And I'm not saying being all religious about, oh, it has to be Saturday. Oh, I can't turn on the light of my house because I worked. No, I'm not talking about being religious, all right? I can't press the elevator button because it's, no. What I'm talking about is, man, there's a day that you have to separate for God. You can't trade that day for it. That's God's day. They can come and give you whatever offer, but when you 
honor God and you understand that he is the sustainer of your family, of your own life, of your finances, of everything. When, he, when you understand that he is the vine and you're the branches and, and if you're disconnected from the vine, you're going to dry up and I need God. I'm going to honor him. That's my day. That, that, that's, my, that's my life. I need to do it. You see, and sometimes we don't, we don't understand how important it is to congregate, to separate a day where we come and listen to God and, and grow and start our week off. Sunday so that on Monday I could get on my knees and put in practice everything I learned on Sunday and read about it because I took notes during the service. And God, what do you want to tell me through this and speak to me? What does this mean in my situations? How can I apply this in my area of influence where you, with the people that you've put, that I study with, that I go to school, that I work with? How can I do this? So it's saying that we can't neglect our meeting together. As some people do. Everybody say, some people do. Come on, say it louder. Say, some people do. Now say, not me. So this was happening back in Jesus' time too. Some people were neglecting it. This is not a thing of this day. I just, things that, I think that lately things have been, with the whole virtual thing, oh, you know, I'm just going to, you know. Oh, so I was making popcorn chicken. I, don't, I missed half of the service. I didn't even realize it, right? So many distractions. Honor God's time and what he wants to give you because you need it. You're the only one that's benefiting from it and the people that you're meant to reach. So don't neglect our meeting together. Some people do. But encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. How many of you believe that Jesus is coming soon? Yes. He's coming soon. Got to be ready. So then, right there in Hebrews chapter 10, the author of Hebrews explains to us the value and the blessings we receive from remaining faithful. And I want you to jump to the verse right there in chapter 10, verse 35 and 36. It says, so do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Whatever you're going through right now, whether you're living a highly favored life, you're in the season of seeing God's favor and he's dropping blessings left and right unexpectedly. Wow, amazing. Or whether you're in a situation like Job's where everything's going wrong and you feel like you're going backwards instead of front. Wherever you are, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. You got to still trust that the Lord is over your life. That he is inserting you in the best pathway as the psalmist told us. He's putting me in the best options. There's a lot of options that I can take right now, but he is making sure because I'm listening to his voice that he's guiding me through the best option. And look what it says next. Remember the great reward it brings you. Come on, tell somebody close to you. It brings you great reward. When you trust and when you are persistent, great reward, great reward. And then verse 36 says, Patient endurance is what you need. Now, I think that God is speaking to somebody directly and specifically. Somebody needed to hear this. I don't know who it is, but I'll say it again. Patient endurance is what you need now. Patient endurance. Yeah, we don't like that word patience. I've heard people say, Lord, help me build. Give me more patience. When you ask for that, what you're asking is for God to put you in situations where you could develop your patience. So you better be careful what you're asking for. 
But some people need this patient endurance. It's what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Because it's not a matter of whether you're doing God's will today. It's a matter of you're going to persevere in God's will tomorrow when the situation continues. And instead of going forward, you're going backwards. When you see the promises even at a greater distance than what they were yesterday, trusting God, persevering in God's will with endurance. Then, everybody say then. If I'm able to endure, if I'm able to persist, if I'm able to continue without losing hope, without losing faith, trusting in God, then you will receive all that he has promised. Come on. Come on, celebrate that. Even though it looks far away, celebrate that in faith because one day you will be enjoying it. One day you'll say, man, it was worth it trusting in you, God. It was worth it seeking your face and, and taking time to listen to your voice as you guided me through this difficult journey. If it wasn't for you, God, I wouldn't have made it through this trial. When you tested my faith, when I went through this situation, when I went through this loss, when I went through this difficult situation in my health, when I lost my home, when I did, God, I wouldn't have made it if you wouldn't have directed me through the best pathway. But here I am. You've worked in my character. I didn't lose my faith and I've persisted and I've remained. And now, God, I am here and I have received all that you promised. The Bible says that Job, when he was done with this two years of trial, that he, he was literally asking God to kill him. There, there's a funny verse. I don't remember it right now. I'm just, uh, uh, just going to verbatim remember it how i feel it's not word for word but he says god if i die tomorrow you will come and all of a sudden you'll find out that i'm buried six feet under like saying god you don't even know about me you don't even know what's going on but the psalmist said that god's favor lasts forever god was watching him sometimes we feel that god's not there because we we don't sense him we, we need to hear and we need to and sometimes it's by faith god i know you're with me i don't need to hear you I don't, I don't need to feel you. I know you're there. doesn't mean that sometimes God is not going to make himself felt. There's times that you can feel God so close that you can, it's like you can almost touch him. But there's moments, and sometimes those moments happen when you're going through difficult situations that he feels so far away or even unaware of what you're going through, like Job was feeling. But in the end, the Bible says that when Job prayed for his friends, the friends that started pointing and said, you must have done something wrong, Job. If God's treating you this way, you must have messed up really bad. I don't know what it is. You don't have to tell me, but man, it must have been bad. So if you repent of all your sins, they started preaching to him. And this man was straight. He, was, he didn't do anything. It was just God testing him. The Bible says that at the end, he finished with twice as many sons, twice as many cattle, twice as many properties. God doubled up what he had because he persevered. And I want to oh, today encourage you, if there's one thing that we learned today, is that we don't need to find favor. I know that it's a catchy title, favor finders. Oh, how do I find favor? Let me tell you, the way you find favor is by finding him. Don't get it wrong. Don't get it twisted. The way you find favor is by finding him. And how do I find them? You got to take time to stop and pray from the inside. Say, God, connect me to you. What do you want to show me this week? 
What is the best pathway for me? God, lead me into the right pathway. I can't afford to make mistakes. I can't afford right now to lose more time. God, I'm already 50. I'm already 60. I'm already 70. I'm, or, or right now I'm, I'm 15. It doesn't matter your age. God, I can't afford to lose time. I need for you to show me the best pathway. So here I am. I'm listening. And learn to listen to God. Work on your character in the meantime. Obey God righteously aggressively and then be consistent even if next Sunday things are worse than what it is today be consistent have faith to know that God is with you and you will see the reward amen you will find favor if you follow these steps how many of you are ready to see the favor of God over your life how many of you guys are determined to stay the course until you see the favor of God how many of you guys have sufficient faith to say even though I don't see not even a little bit I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel even though I, I, I see it far away but I'm going to believe and trust God and do what I have to do because I trust that if I do my part God will fulfill his how many of, of you people have faith stand on your feet I want to pray over your life and I pray that God will give you determination listen so that you would start today Maybe you've been fooled into thinking that prayer doesn't work or that prayer is like, come on, we come to church and all we talk about is prayer. Prayer is boring. That's probably how you thought about prayer. But that's probably because you're thinking of prayer in a natural way. You're thinking of prayer as just, oh God, you know, help me get, find a job tomorrow and, and bless, my, bless my dog and bless my, my grandma. And you know, you're thinking of prayer in the natural, but prayer is what connects you to the life source that has you alive today and that's preparing the best pathway for you. So Father God, today I come to you with faith that you are listening to me, that you are here among us, God, and that you are our good Father, like we just sang. You love us. Sometimes I think that you suffer even more than we suffer when we don't give you the opportunity to guide us to the best pathway. Sometimes I picture you in heaven saying, man, if they would only know that I have what they need, that I could take them to be everything that they ever dreamed of and even more, God. And I think that you suffer in knowing that you have all the capabilities and all the resources that we would need to, to live out our purpose, God, and yet we don't tap into that because we don't take time to speak to you, God. But we learn today, and I pray that your Holy Spirit individually to every single person here will give them the determination and give them a spirit of sound mind, a spirit of self-control to start taking our prayer life to another level, to stop just praying superficially and start getting deep so that our spirit will connect to your spirit and start, God, praying for things that we really need. I pray, God, that you teach us how to listen to your voice, how to learn to identify your voice and separate it from other voices that speak to our lives. Teach us in the meantime how to build our character, how to be consistent, how to obey you, God, how to follow after you. And God, more importantly, help us do all these three things consistently. Teach us how to persevere without waning, without losing hope, without losing faith. God, and only your Holy Spirit can do that in our lives. So I pray that as every single one of us does our part, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will help them and lift our hands so that we continue seeking you. God, because I declare that every single person that is here right now watching us on YouTube, watching us virtually, God, I pray and I declare, God, 
that they will be able to see the great reward that you have for their lives that they will persevere that they will feel and be able to even in times when they don't feel know that your strength and your favor is there upon their lives in the midst of the darkness in the midst of the storm and I thank you God because this is a reality in Jesus name amen and amen where are the favor finders come on I said where are the favor finders